This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, September 30th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. Uh, it's a little sad. The season's coming to an end. Today's the last day I'm going to be doing any DFS work, so hopefully it's uh, I hit it big. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you retiring from the DFS game entirely or just for the season? No, no, no. no. Just for the season. I, yeah. I don't do football except for whatever free stuff they throw my way. Sure. So, yeah. You know, it's that's it, actually turned out all right so far. I've put in like 50 cents of entries and I've gotten, I think, Forty dollars back out of it could do worse That's than just, that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about football. Like I haven't followed it in years. I, I used to be really into it, and so I, I mostly just picked guys at random, and I had a really good lineup. You're a natural. That was in week two. The uh, Stefan Diggs had a big game. You're a natural for uh, free football games. Well, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, today is our last uh, our last show as well of of the year. Of the year until the off season, um, yeah, and we're doing another live Friday morning show here to, to close things out. Brad and I are. Um, Brad, you got one more uh, daily grind invitational going on too, right? Yes, and I've bumped it up to twenty users. I'll be spamming it on Twitter. We're going to get those twenty users, and uh, yeah, it'll be a nice last hurrah to the season for us. That'll be fun. So we're going to look at games for Friday the 30th, and as uh, September baseball got really weird, I feel like late September baseball got extra weird. Looking at DFS stuff as like teams start to clinch and wind it down, you see a lot of starters going it's like... It's challenging. Yeah, <laughs> starters going like three innings and stuff. Like, it's it's weird. Some lineups that don't, don't make a ton of sense. But uh, I did want to bring up one thing from yesterday, from Thursday, that was the weirdest to me is the Pirates and the Cubs ending in a tie. Did you see this, Brad? Yes, they tied, and it's funny, Yahoo didn't know how to handle it. They gave them both losses. <laughs> I think a lot of places don't. They forget you can do it. The last one was in 2005, so it's been a decade since a tie happened. They can happen. They really only happen in late September when they decide right. games aren't going to be made up. You know, this game doesn't really matter on the standings. Forget it. Uh, but yeah, it was the, the first tie since 2005, and I'll admit, I forgot it could happen. I mean, I wasn't sure it couldn't, but I forgot it was a thing, and yeah, had a, had a tie in Major League Baseball. I don't think they bother putting it in an extra column or anything, either, but uh, the stats count, it happened, and I thought that was weird. Brad, do you have anything else before we get into these uh, Friday picks? Uh, I understand there was some nonsense in the uh, Cardinals game, too. Yes. Uh, the the Reds might be able to protest uh, up until noon so they got an hour <laughs> yeah it uh my dad was talking to me about it i i didn't see it live but yeah i didn't yeah. either i haven't caught a glimpse of it. i just saw like right before jumping on this podcast as there's some my, un- over. my understanding it was a fellow on first base with like two outs in the ninth for the cardinals and a guy hit a walk-off home run but then when they looked at it, it wasn't a home run. It hit a sign above the fence, which is very clearly a uh, ground rule double. So the runner should have ended up at third. But both teams had basically walked off the field and into the dugout. By the time the Reds went, wait, wait a minute. And they like tried to come back out and challenge it. But the umpires told them it was too late uh, to challenge, even though it was, like, it was the last game of the, the last play of the game. And the umpires were like, we waited around for a bit, nobody challenged, so we left. And by the time, you know, everybody had left the field or whatever, I guess there's an unofficial 
time of when you can challenge the last play of the game, you know. And so, yeah, yeah the Reds are upset about that, you know, and you, man, what a mess. I mean, part of me is part of Team Entropy. It's excited for maybe a challenge and and protest of what's going to go on, but it sounds like a, an unfortunate mess for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it keeps the, the Cardinals alive too. Yeah. They're two yeah. back of the Mets, I think, and one back of the Giants. Yeah, there's all the divisions are locked. Finish. Yeah, all the divisions are locked up. That's kind of boring, but yeah. the wild card stuff is still enjoyably messy. And this is where you get that appreciation for you know this new wild card system. Where you're like, good, there's still you know baseball to play for right now, which may not have been true five years ago or whatever. Um, all right, so we're gonna look at games for Friday the thirtieth again. These lineups are kind of messy. Uh, the <laughs> pitching matchups are kind of messy, but it, it's fun. There's still DFS uh, to be played for. It's it's chaos, but you can still uh, you can still play games. So, Brad, let's get started at catcher. Who are you looking at at catcher on Friday? So before we dive into the picks, so uh, mm. one more thing to note: weather is going to be an issue today. Okay. Uh, the Boston game looks pretty likely to be postponed from what I was seeing this morning. Things can change, obviously. Uh, there's actually a total of seven stadiums at risk of getting wet today. Plenty. Yeah. Uh, so uh, New York's one of them, and it's also the first place I'm looking at catcher. Uh, Gary Sanchez and Brian McCann. Uh, McCann is the cheaper version, probably the less popular version, too. And uh, he, he's almost as likely to home run off Giovanni Gallardo as mm-hmm. Sanchez, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I like so, that a lot. If that game's dry, and it might not be, you, you might not be playing baseball in New York today, but if, if it happens, that, that's looking like a good place to start for uh, either op- option in that game. Yeah, this is another one of those problems yeah. of doing a, a daily podcast, is I'm not sure what's going to happen later in the day, even when we do a live one. Uh, it comes to weather. Matt and I often have trouble recording the night before, and then the starter changes the next day. And it's like, <laughs> oh, we're sorry, we didn't know that. Yeah. But uh, keep an eye on your lineups and especially on your weather reports for, for those things. But I think that caveat should should apply most of the time. Um, who else do you like at, at catcher? So whoever the Cubs are starting, uh, Wilson Contreras or uh, Miguel Montero, I would assume, are the options today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're up against Josh Smith, and I, I will be talking about a lot of Cubs today. I'm sure you will, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smith is not a particularly good pitcher. Uh, he's pretty bad against left-handers in particular, but also not great against righties either. Uh, games at Great American Ballpark, it's one of the ones that's supposed to be dry. Uh, so, again, this should be a very popular stack and uh, so one that's worth targeting. Yeah. Uh, even if you're going to be sharing it with a lot of other people, it should go off. Yeah, popular for good reason. You know, Josh Smith, nothing special. Reds bullpen, record-setting bad. Uh, 250 plus homers allowed so far, something crazy for that staff. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, and it's they've gotten better as they've leaned more on uh, Iglesias and Lorenzen to do multi inning relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but still, those are two guys who you know again they're on close games. Uh, we're, we're not really anticipating it being all that close with Josh Smith starting. Yeah. No, that that should be fine. Um, any other catchers for you sticking out to you? If Tom Murphy starts up against Bruce Su- Brent Sutter, not Bruce Sutter, mm-hmm. Brent Sutter. If Tom Murphy starts, good homer threat, uh, very affordable, 3100 on DraftKings, I think cheaper than that on FanDuel, mm-hmm. and the, the matchup's really nice for him if he's playing. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of getting in the lineup. Yeah, very playable. I think the Brewers might have some uh, trouble in Colorado uh, over the last weekend. 
Um, I have Sandy Leone down against Marco Estrada because he struggled so much. But like you said, the Boston game, you know, I have a lot of Boston hitters I like against Estrada, but it's it's going to be hard, hard to bank on without weather. Um, I wrote Sal Perez, get him Adam Pletko. Can you tell me anything about Adam Pletko? <laughs> um, I could as of yesterday. It's kind of flooded my head. Give me a moment, I can refresh yeah. myself. Uh, I, I suppose that you're ready to pick against him with any royal sitters you like, yeah? Yeah, yeah, there, there's there's no reason to really shy away from him. Yeah, he, he's a standard swingman, guy who, decent numbers in the minors, but nothing spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be able to hold his own, but probably won't most times. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's where you'll get. He also hasn't pitched more than, he, hasn't, he has two spot relief appearances in the majors. Yeah. I'm not that excited about Sal Perez, but I would imagine that he could hold his own there in that matchup for sure. Um, And then, are you at all interested in Jose Lobaton getting Andrew Kashner? Uh, Jose Lobaton filling in for Wilson Ramos being out, but he's a switch hitter, and Andrew Kashner has been so bad against left-handed hitters. I know Lobaton's not exciting, but cheap catching option, are you considering this mostly to pick on Andrew Kashner? Yeah, it works as a punt. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's not exciting. Again, like Sal Perez, I'm not like, you know, really pumped about this pick. But if you're if you're looking to to go cheap at, at catcher, I like Tom Murphy, but I would consider a Lobaton or even Sal Perez too. Any other catchers for you? I think that's about it. All right, let's roll on to first base. Brad, who are you looking at at first base for Friday? Well, you mentioned liking Red Sox. Uh, if that game happens, this is you know. The classic position to use them with David Ortiz and Hanley Ramirez, uh, mm-hmm. both fine matchups against Estrada. Um, assuming we need to go somewhere else, uh, we have Paul Goldschmidt against Edwin Jackson. I think that's going to be pretty popular for mm-hmm. those who save the money. Uh, I like a Padre stack against Brian Shipley. Uh, it should be fairly unpopular. Uh, usually is. They got plenty of good left-handed hitters. Uh, Will Myers, of course, being a righty. Uh, he's, he's kind of the, the trend away from all those lefties that you would use. Uh, but still, you know, high, high ceiling, high floor guy. Uh, not quite as good in the second half here, but still uh, putting up some big games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's looking like a, a nice monster for a Miller lineup going forward. Uh, also, like uh, the I mentioned uh, Cubs, uh, Anthony Rizzo is actually fairly affordable on DraftKings. He's like the 10th most expensive first baseman at 4600 and uh, he's kind of an auto start if he's in the lineup yeah. for me. Yeah, uh, exactly. I don't see how you can stay away from him at that price and that situation. Great American ballpark. It's too good. Right. If it was a pitcher, you might be worried about how long they're going to go, especially with everything clinched up. But with a hitter, it's mm-hmm. not like they're going to stop him from letting him go. You know, most of the game, if yeah, not he... the full game, and should hit fine. Like, yeah. You're into that, right? Yeah, sure. You, you might lose a plate appearance at the end, but that usually means he's already gone off. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm into that. Uh, if he's affordable, that, that's a that's a great play there for sure. Um, do you like Freddie Freeman getting Jordan Zimmerman? Jordan Zimmerman feels kind of torched at the end of the season, right? So I, I've, I've seen some conflicting reports, but I'm pretty sure it's Daniel Norris today okay. for the Tigers. Okay. Uh, I think that's the, the play. Uh, some sites have not updated from Jordan Zimmerman. I don't know if they have information that I don't, uh, yeah. but what I've seen today is that Norris was pushed back to today, so it's oh, okay. gonna be a lefty on lefty, and uh, that, that's a Freeman's pass. a little less interesting to me yeah. at 
his price against a lefty. I agree. He, he's 5,400 on DraftKings, which is quite a lot. That's too much. Yeah. I'm looking at uh, ESPN's schedule right now, and they have Zimmerman. Yes, ESPN's is... on the site that I noticed. I had to do a double take. <laughs> They're usually pretty I was, good. But... I was in the process of writing up, who was it? It was someone. I was writing up someone as, uh, oh, Matt Kemp. Yeah. I was writing up Matt Kemp if, against. If he gets Daniel Norris, I'm interested, you know. Yeah. And I went on ESPN to look at the, the pictures. I'm like, Jordan's ever been. Yeah. Why did I pick Matt Kemp? <laughs> All right. So keep an eye on that Detroit one, whether you want to pick on the righty or pick on a lefty. Um, how about Jose Abreu getting Tyler Duffy? He's struggled, you know, all yeah. the areas, especially struggled against righties. Abreu should be just fine there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's an easy target. Yep. Um, I have Eric Hosmer getting Adam Plutko. Again, any Royals that you halfway like, his hitters should be fine. Um, and Hosmer's the best one. Um, and then I had uh, the Cardinals first baseman getting Tyler Glasnow. That's, you know, Brandon Moss, Matt Adams. Tyler Glasnow's okay. Like, he's going to be good, I think. Like, he definitely has a career ahead of him, but has not done a ton in the majors so far, not going that deep. Uh, they're out of it. You're, you're ready to pick on Glasnow? Yeah, I don't have any qualms with that. Yeah, yeah. It's not exciting. He's not a total beat-em-up pitcher, but I think any hitters that you like can be just fine in that matchup. Uh, are there any other first basemen for you? A couple worth mentioning. Uh, you can go to the Orioles against Michael Pineda. So that's sure. Chris Davis and Pedro Alvarez. Sure. Uh, both multi-homer threats any given day, and Pineda will give up home runs. Mm-hmm. It happens. He has those bad days, and even his good days tend to have bad innings. Yeah. So there's there's definitely potential for some run production there. And then uh, Chris Carter is at Coors Field. <laughs> sure. That's all you need, right? Yeah, Chris Carter's playing yeah. Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm totally down with that. Absolutely. Okay, let's get on to second base. I had seven names. Second base has felt nice and deep lately. Plenty of places to go. Brad, who are you looking at at second base? Uh, that's, that's a good question. There are a lot of names uh, to go at for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of them at the top of the scale, too. Uh, so I'll just run down them quickly. They're very expensive. You're probably not going to afford them. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ LeMahieu against Brent Sutter. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Turn. Excuse me, Trey Turner against Andrew Kashner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robinson Cano against Raul Alcantara. Uh, Jose Altuve versus Daniel Wright. Jason Kipnis versus Jordano Ventura. These are all gold standard second basemen with great matchups. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they're in good situations too. Uh, Altuve and Kipnis are in very pitcher friendly parks, so they're a little less exciting, but they're also the cheapest of those super expensive types. Mm-hmm. Scanning down a little further, uh, there's Matt Carpenter. Uh, he's up against Glassnow. Um, Brian Dozier is obviously going to be very popular at uh, U.S. Cellular Field yep. facing a lefty. Yeah, uh, We all know how, how he is against lefties. And then uh, I'll, I'll stop after a couple more. Uh, ben Zobrist, uh, bats clean up for the Cubs. Uh, Great American Ballparks, a nice little band box. Uh, his power certainly plays there. He walks more and he strikes out. Very high floor guy, good for 50-50 type lineups, and mm-hmm. even good for GPPs. Uh, so I, I like Zobrist a lot, and he's affordable on both sites. And then Ryan Schimpf, I like his multi-homer potential. Uh, yep. He's in Arizona. So he's a fun uh, GPP pick often. You know, it might give you a zero, but you can definitely connect on him, have his big games. I'm into that. Um, how about uh, Gene Segura getting Edwin Jackson? Mr. 200 hits, like he's had kind of a crazy year in the desert. You considering yeah, that? It's it, it's one to use. Uh, I, I see a little day to day thing next to him. Let me oh. read what that's about. Uh-oh. I'm not up on Jane Segura. 
that that could be a he has, he has a cramp in his left rib cage. I don't uh, think that sounds very serious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> check and make sure he starts. They don't have a ton to play for. They can certainly rest him. But if he's in there, he gets Edwin Jackson. I'm totally fine with that for sure. Um, do you like Rugnet Odor getting Matt Andresi? I'm like mildly interested yes. in Matt Andresi here. Are you ready to pick on him? Yeah, I pick on him when he starts. He, yeah. He's just not very good as a starter. Uh, the stuff takes a, a tick down mm. and uh, you know, becomes hittable. Yeah. Uh, Al Bolpe seems to have a nose for keeping the, the ball a soft hit mm-hmm. and uh, kind of goes away when he's starting. Yeah, yeah. The only other name I had, Dustin Pedroia getting Estrada, but again, good luck. You know, hope, hope they play. Now, if they do, I'm into <laughs> that. But uh, lots of other places to go at second base. Do you have any other uh, sneaky picks or anything? Is that about it at second base? Uh, Derek Dietrich, if he's in, uh, mm-hmm. he'd probably be playing first base if he plays, but mm-hmm. uh, listed as a second baseman on uh, on DraftKings. Yeah. Uh, so he's up against AJ Cole. It's, it's been Dietrich's whatever. Dietrich's been pretty good since returning, and Cole's just fine. He's whatever. Uh, so he, he's a cheaper option. And then uh, Jonathan Scope also, if you're looking for that home run production up against Michael Pineda. Sure. Yeah, you can definitely run into one, especially against uh, Michael Pinata. Uh, <laughs> fine. All right. Um, on the third base, I had a few names, kind of like second base. Third base feels really star-studded. There's just so many, you know, big, uh, big names there that you can go with. Uh, Manny Machado. It's Michael Pineda. That's fine. You know, Chris Bryant going to Cincinnati. Like that's fine. Not quite the same kind of slugger, but like Jonathan VR and his bajillion steals gets Chad Bettis. You know. A different kind yeah. of point production, but you at course too. He's at course, <laughs> that's it. fine. Uh, Nolan Arenado on the other side against Brent Suter, like he's gonna be fine. Uh, all these expensive guys, I'm into that. Not quite the same level. I have Kyle Seeger getting Raul Alcantara. I assume you're fine with that as well. Yeah, I yeah. have no issues with that. I think you can go after Alcantara pretty wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And the last, uh, the last third baseman I had is Jose Reyes getting Alec Asher, and I know Reyes prefers lefties, but I assume you're not intimidated by Alec Asher, and uh, Jose Reyes should be just fine at the top of the lineup, right? Yeah, no. yeah. A- Asher is a a spot starter type. He's put up a good ERA so far, yeah. got through a few starts, but there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in there. Yeah, um, those are my third basemen. Again, I, I didn't, I didn't have any sneaky ones written down. I had all the the studs. Uh, who are you looking at at third base? Uh, I, I spaced out for half a second, so I'm not sure if you mentioned Arenado and Bryant, but yeah. Arenado and Bryant, thumbs up. Yep. Uh, going a little deeper than that, uh, Younger v. Solarte, uh, nice matchup against Brain Shipley. Mm-hmm. I switched hitter Shipley's bad against lefties, uh, so he'll have that advantage. He bats clean up, uh, so he's got that going for him too. And, uh, yeah, really like that matchup. Uh, if the Braves continue to hit, you know, Adonis Garcia usually bets second. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how the Braves keep hitting, uh, but they do. And they're hot Dana Norris, Yeah, Dana Norris has looked better lately, but that doesn't mean he's immune to bad starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm into that. That would be fine. I don't know what's up with Adonis Garcia lately either. He's doing okay. The Braves, the Braves finishing strong, finishing strong. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got to feel good about the way it's ending. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, I, I don't really have too many cheap guys you can really go with. Uh, Solarte is really the, the bargain play that I have. Yeah. Any other third baseman for you? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. On the shortstop, I had five names as usual. It's a little thin. Or it's the, the tough position for me. Brad, how'd you do at shortstop? Well, I had VR here as, as a shortstop. Okay. 
So that that's clearly the, the top option to me today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the let him Diaz too, uh, assuming he's uh, you know, active and in a good spot in the lineup. Uh, they've come around a little bit lately. Yeah. Uh, a nice high contact rate, a high floor type with uh, some power potential too. Also like Jose Peraza. Uh, I've been on this Peraza bandwagon mm-hmm. for a while in the second half. It's kind of funny. He's one of those prospects that I didn't think very much of. Thought he'd be the uh, early career version of D Gordon, kind of in a permanent sense. And uh, I've, I've changed my tune. I like him a lot now. I expect the contact rates to stay high and uh, to be a higher OBP Billy Hamilton more than uh, the, the bad version of Gordon. Yeah. So anyway, he's shortstop and outfield eligible on DraftKings and up against Jason Hamill, who's looked pretty bad lately. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to go that deep, and that's a Cubs bullpen game for the most part, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm into that. Do you? I would like Estrubal Cabrera, but his price has been really buffed up by his hot streak. Yeah. Yeah, he's been awesome. I I picked him up last week in a head-to-head league just down the stretch. Why not? You know, and he's been that hot. Uh, so yeah. Price himself out. That's a fine matchup for him, though, against Alec Asher, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, if you can get him. Um, on the other side, I have Freddie Galvis getting Robert Gesellman. And Freddie Galvis is one of these guys who has run into a bajillion home runs while still being a bad hitter. They were talking about this on Effectively <laughs> Wild the other day, but there's a lot of these hitters in, uh, in baseball this year that have just... They set a record for guys with 20 home runs. Um, and I can't believe Freddie Gallus is 20 home runs, but guys that are swinging at everything, low OBP, but, but high, uh, homers. And you can play with a bunch of arbitrary stats to come up with some, some records there for sure. But Freddie Gallus is not a good hitter. Let's get that out of the way. He's not performing well this year, but he has 20 homers and about that many steals. Uh, there's some, some roto points, some DFS points to be had here. So he, that makes him a GPP play. Hoping they get to use some steals or, or homer, but uh, could easily over four on you. But the yeah. matchup's fine for me. Um, He's one of those late kick guys, and it's it's an approach that kind of lends itself to the the high power, low OBP uh, outcomes. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on, but again, there's a lot of a lot of homers going on. But again, no like fifty homer guys, not just like huge home run races, just. Everybody can hit 20, apparently, That's uh, what's going on, even when you're Freddie Galvis. How about uh, Francisco Lindor getting Jordana Ventura? That should be just fine, right? Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. Go after him. Nothing special, but but that's okay. Um, and the last name I had was Carlos Correa get Daniel Wright, which I assume you're okay with, too. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, I think I've had some articles on the main site, even. Uh, Correa does seem to be playing through injury, but mm-hmm. he, he's still fine. Yeah. Um, any other short stops for you? Sure, a couple. Uh, Addison Russell up against Josh Smith. Sure, uh, he's not? actually cheap on both sites. Thirty-five hundred on DraftKings, twenty-four hundred on FanDuel. That's Matt too cheap. fifth most days. It's yeah. nice play. And then uh, Dansby Swanson too up against Norris. Also been just fine. He's, he keeps hitting. Yeah, I, Braves are trying to be a little bit optimistic. You know, in September, uh, the Braves are looking okay. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the outfield. I didn't have a ton of outfield names, but there's always there's always plenty. Who are you looking at in the outfield, Brad? Yeah, so there's always plenty of places to go for outfield. Uh, Milwaukee's an option. Uh, Ryan Braun, uh, Domingo Santana, mm-hmm. uh, Hernan Perez, if he's out there, they're all 
good choices in the outfield uh, at Coors Field. Obviously, you're going to pay for that because uh, it is Coors. Similarly, or maybe not similarly, but uh, the 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 Rocky side of it, uh, you got all these lefties that go up against Brent Sutter, mm-hmm. and th- that should make them kind of unpopular. Uh, even though Sutter's not really someone you need to really run away from, even with the lefty on lefty matchups. Uh, so, uh, looking specifically at Charlie Blackman, uh, David Dahl, Carlos Gomez, uh, Stephen Cardolo could get in there, mm-hmm. and he'd be very cheap uh, if he does. Uh, so those are some names to watch and uh, probably shouldn't have too high of an ownership rate today, even though uh, you know, situations really work right for them to do well. Yeah, and Brent Suter is not going to go super deep into this game. You know? Right, exactly. You're, you're looking at a four to six inning outing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I like the, the weird, you know, Rockies outfielder, lefty on lefty pick. I think that'll be fine for sure. I mentioned Matt Kemp. He's got something close to a thousand OPS against lefty still. Yeah. Uh, Eleven home runs and 140 some plate appearances. Uh, you know he's going to be aggressive. You know he's going to be swinging out of his shoes. Uh, so that, that plays really well for a GPP type pick, uh, where you you do want your guys to put the ball in play and swing for the fences and try to get those double homer days. Kemp's probably one of the best options to do it, and he's a bargain on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. We we talked about him earlier this week and that he's having quite the fantasy season, especially against lefties. Yeah. I don't know that he's having a good Major League Baseball season. You no, know, he's, he's, he's Jermaine Dye. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he can't play defense and he only hits home runs. Yeah. And <laughs> it's... Well, it's fun to watch, but it's not good for actually winning games. Is he Yasmani Tomas? Also similarly. Yeah, he, he's also, yes, funny Tomas a little bit. Uh, Tomas somehow hits for a higher average. but Yeah. It's funny Tomas, you're like, look at all those home runs he has. Another 20-plus summer guy. And then you like look at his war, and you're like, wow, he's bad at the other parts of baseball. Like, Yeah, he's really bad at it. Yeah. Uh, Kemp, I feel like it's it's more like a laziness type thing. Like, he can be good. Like, every once in a while, you'll see him make good plays. Tomas is just really bad. Yeah. I, I mean, and to be fair, I always got to do this caveat. When we say really bad at baseball, we mean the most incredible baseball player we've ever seen <laughs> in our lives, but then compared to, you know, Major League Baseball, very, very relative. Uh, but yeah, not going so well in terms of Major League Baseball against other average players. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's still productive fantasy players, you know, still can uh, hit you some dingers, and that helps in DFS and whatnot, so... I like this uh, this Matt Kemp matchup, for sure. If he's getting Daniel Norris as reported, that should be fine. Um, who else are you looking at in the outfield, Brad? A couple Tigers, J.D. Martinez, Cameron Mabin, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Upton, too. You know, anyone you want to throw into that mix uh, works against Matt Whistler for me. Yeah. Uh, the, the downside at being in Atlanta, uh, no DH, and Atlanta's actually playing as one of the best pitcher parks this season. Yeah. Uh, usually it's a little more middle of the road, but this year at least it's been very pitcher friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, not the best situation, but again, uh, Whistler's has his bad days and Tiger's offense is still scary. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, I'm into that for sure. Anybody else looking out to you in the outfield? Uh, there's a couple Rangers you could use. Uh, Carlos Gomez is the one that really stands yeah. out, batting lead off. I don't know what's uh, going it's on there. Just a, it's a funny story. Uh, the Astros dump him in the middle of their playoff race, and he goes ahead and 
gives Rangers all they need to win the division. He's been awesome. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it's I, really funny. <laughs> like a lot of you know stat friendly people or, or just baseball fans, like the Astros have been fun. I like rooting for the Astros, seeing them turn around, but. I don't want to say it's luck, but they've had a bad time sometimes with, with guys they let go or guys that move on. Like, you know, the J.D. Oh, yeah. Martinez thing, where it's like... That was, that was a disaster. That yeah. was like... Like, Carlos Gomez, okay, fine. You gave up a, a month and a half of his, like, dead cat bounce. Yeah. You know, it, it's still, like, you look at the numbers, and he, he's obviously connecting him for power, but there's a lot to worry about in there still. Sure. Uh but even like the trade for Martinez, though, that was awful. And then uh, yeah. Jonathan VR, yeah. uh, that was another one that they could really use him in the outfield. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, there's no reason he can't be their starting left fielder or something. Yeah, it's just, I think they're a very smart organization, but there are things you're just like, ouch, ouch. Imagine if they had, you know, VR, and yeah. I don't know they have room yeah. for all these guys, but JD Martinez and. Yeah, Gomez had been hit. They're a little too willing to deal from the fringes of their roster. Give uh, up on guys a little too quick. Yeah, well, it's part of having such a stuffed roster. They have a bunch of good guys yeah. and more on the way. So you got to make room for them. But uh, anyway, Carlos Gomez, don't know what he's doing or how he's doing it, but he's hitting well for the Rangers, and he should be fine against Matt Andrusi, like you said. Um, do you like the Baltimore outfield getting Michael Pineda? That should be just fine, right? Yeah. Yeah, same reason I like them at first base and second and yeah. third. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yankee Stadium, uh, and those, that's a pretty decent outfield. They'll be fine. Uh, Christian Yelich gets A.J. Cole. A.J. Cole's whatever. Christian Yelich should be fine there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrote, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, my uh, our favorite Phillies outfielder. You like Roman Quinn, and he's, you know, interesting, but Odubel Herrera he, gets Robert Gasellman. Yeah. Quinn's be, hurt, too. Yeah. So he, he, Quinn's always hurt. Uh, this is this is not a new thing with Roman Quinn. Yeah, uh, but he is out again for the season. But Odubel Herrera should be just fine there against Gisellman. Yeah, the the one thing I've noted about Herrera, and I don't really know why this is the case. He he tends to have a very high price, uh, subject to or relative to his what actual he's actually talent. Doing. Yeah, I don't know. it's it's that Philly bias or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on with that because like, he... there, there's like plenty of guys who are like in the same situations. Like, he bats at a good spot in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that's true of a lot of guys who are bargain-priced and hitting just as well or better than him. Mm-hmm. So it's it doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Yep. Um, and then is Alec Asher bad enough for you, like, the Mets outfield? Granderson, Cespedes, Bruce? Yeah, I, I could go after it, but I, I, don't, I think I'm out on Bruce. Yeah. yeah I, I think they should be out on Bruce, too, to be honest. <laughs> You'd think so. Yeah, he's... <laughs> He's also no defense, whatever OB, whatever OBP, hits some homers, you know? Like, okay, that's all right. Um, I wrote Dexter Fowler, but you can take any Cubs outfielder you trust against Josh Smith, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Cubs will be fine. Um, my favorite Minnesota Twins outfielder against Carlos Rodon is Robbie Grossman. Crushes lefties. Should be just fine. It's fun to be. Also a former Astro. Uh, he's not yep. as, as on fire, but uh, Robbie Grossman should be just fine in Chicago. Yeah, I, I think they regret losing him a lot less than yeah. some of those other guys. Not not as big a deal, but he's he's you know helping the Twins, doing okay. Um, I have the San Diego outfield getting Braden Shipley, especially yep. crazy Hunter Renfro. You know, should be uh, just fine there. And then the last yeah. stack I wrote down was Mariners outfield getting Raul Alcantara. Uh, Seth Smith is fine. You know, obviously Nelson Cruz and. 
Nori Aoki making a second half for himself for some reason, hitting down the stretch. Uh, it's a weird pick, but he's doing it, and I like bringing that up. Um, it's Raul Alcantara. It should be fine. Brad, were there any other outfielders for you that we that we missed? I mean, there, there's always more outfielders. I think we've covered enough of them. Sure. Uh, places yeah, closer to game time, you'll be able to find some interesting bargains. Uh, this being late September. Yeah. Uh, the guys who you never expected to play and are suddenly batting leadoff. Yeah. Uh, Especially so against some <laughs> mediocre pitchers. Sure. Um, all right. And then. Uh, oh, there, there is actually one. I, I, we have to mention Enrique Hernandez against Madison Bumgarner. You know what? We do. Just, you would do. It's the yeah. classic matchup now. Because he's he 11 for 22 him. against Bumgarner with eight strikeouts. So 11. Did you say 11 it, for 22? Oh, boy. Yes, 11 for 22, eight strikeouts. I like if that. If it's in play, it's a hit. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. That's a crazy bad. Four home runs and three doubles, too. So it's not like he's back up in the death. He's mashing the ball. <laughs> yeah. That's... And, and I don't really think that's a real thing like it's but it's fun just something that's fun and exciting but he he's also lefties. super cheap on both sites so yeah. you can go ahead and pop him in there and you know hope for the best he hits lefties you know that's his skill you know i don't know why Bumgarner, but he hits lefties yeah and the giants <laughs> bullpen has been such a mess that uh why not um all right let's try and figure out some of these pitchers because so many guys are just you know at this point either resting up or spot starting and gotta find some actual Bonafide guys that are going to go. So, I wrote Rick Porcello getting the Blue Jays. I don't love the matchup in general and might not start anyway, right? So Yeah, the, the rain's a, a big issue there. Yeah. Uh, even if the game does start, it's... The best case scenario is that it's delayed for a while and the weather clears out. At yeah. least from what I'm seeing right now. And yeah. that way he'd still get his full start. Yeah. Um, I think the big pitching matchup is, you know, the last game on the slate... Rich Hill and Madison Bumgarner. At, oh, yeah. at, at this time, Rich Hill is on the on the schedule. You never know if he's going to get bumped or, or moved off uh, by game time. As I say, it's a frustrated Rich Hill owner, but uh, he's supposed to start against the against the Giants. Both of them green light. You know, other than Enrique Hernandez, like should be fine for both, right? Yeah. So uh, for me, Bumgarner's the top pitcher of the slate. Uh, mm. The Giants are desperate. Their bullpen has been shaky. They want Bumgarner to give him a complete game. Yeah. Uh, they're going to want to ride him and get everything they can out of him. Uh, Rich Hill, on the other hand, is definitely making a tune-up outing. Wouldn't surprise me if he cruised through four innings and you saw the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> they don't want to aggravate that blister at all, and at the same time, uh, they want to keep him at least a little bit sharp for the postseason. Yeah. Uh, so Bumgarner definitely the play over Hill for me. Uh, and I, I really don't see Hill going too deep in this one. Yeah, that makes him uh, tough to make him an option. Kind of a an incredible pitcher, kind of a frustrating fantasy guy just because, you know, he's so leashed, understandably. Uh, how about you, Darvish, getting the race? That's a green light for you? Or are you worried about that? I don't know how deep he's going to be throwing either. It's another tune-up outing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I he can. It, it's possible that he'll go, you know, five, six innings against the Rays, rack up ten strikeouts anyway, and still be worth his price. Uh, but he's the most expensive pitcher, and uh, you know, it's with a pitch count probably, uh, probably something around ninety pitches, ninety-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that I'm really eager to pay that much for him. Sure. Yeah, if you have question marks, it's hard to take the most expensive guy. How about Carlos Martinez uh, against the Pirates? Carlos Martinez on a team that is playing for something. Right. They're still in it. That, uh, 
it should should be but, going. Yeah, you okay with that? Yeah, that's another one that I think he he, he has to do well for his team, basically. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to want to get what they can. Uh, unlike the Giants, the, the Cardinals' bullpen is pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they may end up having a quick hook, or if he's really cruising, they might let him go a little further than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, you're going to get about six innings out of him, quality start. Yeah. Um, after that, it kind of tails off. There's not a lot of reliable ones. Are you okay with Taiwan Walker getting the Oakland A's? I wouldn't say that I'm okay with it, but it certainly has a high ceiling. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's like the the Matt Kemp or the Chris Davis of pitchers. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, he's a he's a volatile guy. Sometimes he is locked in and it looks really good, and sometimes it is real frustrating. There's there's a ceiling there for sure. Uh, that's yeah. interesting, but I don't know. Yeah. I, the matchup with the A's is okay with me. You know, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, the, the same screw of Michael Pineda. Uh, I really I treat them very similarly in my usage of them because they're such high ceiling, low floor guys. Yeah. For Taiwan Walker's sake, I hope that comparison doesn't hold up, but I understand. <laughs> I definitely, I know what you're getting at and I don't think that's crazy at all. Not quite the same. We're kind of stretching our comparisons, but Carlos Rodon getting the twins. You okay with that? Yeah. I'm, I'm a little more comfortable with it, except the price is much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my biggest concern. And then there's also rain in the forecast in Chicago and there are not going to really let him pitch through rain or any kind of delay. Right. And, and that's one of the, the big issues with today. I mentioned there's seven stadiums with rain. Uh, for the most part, all of these guys, if you get anything more than like a 15, 20 minute delay, which is basically the time it takes to put a tarp on the field, run off and then immediately take the tarp off. Yeah. Uh, pitchers are going to be out of the game. Yeah. You know, no one's going to mess around with that. Yeah. So it feels like our pitching slate is Bumgarner and the field. You know, trying trying to find better options uh, past that. Uh, last name I had, I mean, you don't, so no on Andresi. Andresi, interesting guy, but not as a starter. I, I, I don't I think it him. works as a fade. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to go out there and get something that other people aren't in on. Because mm-hmm. he does have good command, and he does give you, like, 7.5K for 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, on a lucky day, he... Goes seven innings, gives up one run, and gives you five, six strikeouts. Yeah, and that's a, a nice little day for uh, a race pitcher. Yeah. Uh, that said, I I don't really see the offense giving them run support, and I think the most likely outcome is more in the four to five run range. Yeah, yeah. The last name I had written down for uh, for being interesting is uh, Brad Peacock getting the Angels. Brad Peacock's mm-hmm. been okay so far. Kind of kind of always been a whatever pitcher before, with a little bit of intrigue. Uh, but so far, so good this year. Getting some strikeouts and the Angels or whatever. Would you consider Brad Peacock going to Anaheim? Yeah, he's on my list of options. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peacock's a, a funny one. He like Years ago, I think it was like 2013, he was interesting because he threw 94 miles per hour, and that was super hard back then. Right. <laughs> the game has very, very much changed in a few years. Yeah. Uh, so, so now he's not really a flamethrower per se, but... Uh, finally starting to come into his own as a pitcher a little bit mm-hmm. and uh well, it looks pretty good down the stretch uh, i'm not sure i'd be counting on a sub three era uh but against the angels he can certainly do that yeah yeah and honestly that's about the end of my pitcher list do you can you help me out are there other guys here that you're interested in on and what is admittedly a tricky day yeah two more guys uh so daniel norris uh we talked about him a little bit mm-hmm. and the Opposite perspective of Braves, uh, they're certainly a hot offense, and uh, you know, it's tempting to continue going with that hot hand. 
Norris has looked better this year. His command has taken a step forward. I wouldn't call it plus by any means, but it's average or better now, and the past is below average. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's a big gain for him. He's got good stuff still. You know, the, the Braves aren't really as good as they've been in the second half. Talent-wise, if you go player by player, it's not that scary of a lineup. It just happens to be clicking. Uh, so when that ha- when you see something like that, it's an opportunity to try to get someone who might be unpopular and still has a, a decent high ceiling. Yeah. Uh, Norris probably won't go beyond six innings, though. Uh, that's the uh, biggest drawback to using him. Yeah, and he's, and then, you know, he's a former top prospect. He's an interesting guy. It's not a nobody. So there, there's talent yeah. there. I can see that for sure. And then Robert Gisselman, uh, he, he looks pretty good. You know, I, I didn't know what to expect this year out of him. Uh, but he's pitched well. Uh, recently pitched against the Phillies. He's pitching against them again today. Uh, last outing was seven innings, three hits, eight strikeouts. Uh, they cut him loose for 107 pitches. If he's you know, looking sharp again, I don't see why they wouldn't cut him loose again. Uh, they're trying to protect a small lead in the wild card race. Uh, so everything's on the table. He's cheap. Uh, he's got as good a ceiling as just about anyone, not named Bumgarner or Darvish. Mm-hmm. And the uh, situation's nice. I like that. That's a good pick, especially, you know, if you just did that against them. That on such a thin day, that, that makes him uh, an automatic option, I feel like. That's a good matchup. Yeah, this is yeah. definitely, I think, our thinnest Friday we've had so far. Yeah, we rifled through it pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, all the end of the year, and like you said, the options are kind of weird, uh, for sure. Um, Brad, let's take a look at these last two days of the year, Saturday and Sunday, because they're going to be weird, especially Sunday. But um, who's sticking out to you Saturday? I have, you know, Clayton Kershaw supposed to pitch in San Francisco, but, you know, depending on how the standings are looking, he, you know, might go three innings or something, right? Oh, yeah. Gonna be a short outing. Yeah, uh, probably they probably want to give him like eighty pitches. I'm guessing. Yeah, which Kershaw can parlay into a long outing. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you interested in Jarrell Cotton going to Seattle at all? At all? Four starts so far, and he's looked good. Yeah, uh, he's one of the more interesting guys to watch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's making a case to be in the rotation next year, and I didn't really expect that to to really be on the table for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now definitely it is. I'll still have to pitch well in spring, but uh, yeah. taking a step forward. And then uh, anybody else sticking out to you on Saturday? Looks interesting. Again, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge. But So I, I like picking on the Brewers, mm-hmm. and I, I like using Tyler Anderson at yes. Coors Field because it's super unpopular, and he pitches fine there. Yeah, he does. Uh, so I, I like this Anderson versus Brewers matchup a little bit. Yeah. Uh, something that... Uh, you know, definitely volatile, but it should be unpopular and uh, could provide that as much value as anything else. They have guys and, that can hit lefties, but I, I believe in them. Matt and I have been yeah. picking them a lot down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, the the other game I'm good. interested in is the uh, Blue Jays and Red Sox game. Uh, Jay Hat versus Erod. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has actually pitched pretty well since rejoining the team in August, and uh, he's one of the memory serves he's one of the better contact managers in the league right now mm-hmm. uh, so uh, looks like he's getting back on track he has a share of meltdowns you know just comes out flat some days yeah and so uh should be interesting to watch could be a big scoring game or could be a low scoring game yeah and you gotta hope that that matchup doesn't get affected if friday's game gets postponed you know well if it gets postponed you're getting a double header probably tomorrow well, that's probably true uh, yeah, it depends on when the Red Sox have their uh, fan appreciation day scheduled. Probably. Yeah. I'm guessing they don't want to double up that one. Yeah. 
And then Sunday, they're doing the really fun, bizarre mess of a last day of the, the season schedule where all the games are at the same time, which is just like chaos and it's fun. Uh, it's it's going to be a mess, uh, but it's going to be fun. Um, and this we see the schedule now 48 hours in advance. Who knows in terms of the starting pitchers who's actually going to start or how yeah. far they're going to bother to go. But, I mean, you see Noah Syndergaard going to Philadelphia know if they're pitching you know playing for something that's did you see that they were talking to terry about this about whether he was going to use noah in on sunday or in their wild card game like would they use him to try and get home field advantage or would they use him in the wild card game and terry collins was saying he might use him on sunday and everyone said are you crazy so right now the espn schedule has noah's indigard for sunday i would not put my money on it today but new but Uh, and boy it probably just depends on how, how this race is shaking out, yeah. too. Same with yeah, just... they're, they're in a good spot. They basically need to get sweeped in order to be in real trouble. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Same with Justin Verlander, supposed to pitch in Atlanta. We'll see. You know, like, it depends on how bad the Tigers need to get in or not. You know. Well, the Tigers may have a game on Monday, too. So yeah. that's uh, additional could, consideration there. Could be pitching there. See Kyle Hendricks going to Cincinnati? Yeah, right. You know, maybe for three innings. You know, we'll see. That's yeah, a t- little tune-up game. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's their third pitcher, so they got to get him somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> he'll, he'll start. Yeah, it's you can uh, count on that much. So again, it's forty hours in advance. The schedule might change, but anything sticking out to you on Sunday, either from these starting pitchers or just what are you excited to watch other than these wild card races, or what, what's sticking out to you? I mean, the wild card races are what's there to watch at this yeah. point. Uh, you got a bunch of fan appreciation days where the, the scrub lineups are in. Yeah. That, that's always been a, a funny aspect of that for me. Yeah, it's like, hey, fans, come, come have, come enjoy the last day of the season. Here's, here's uh, Eric, Eric Fryer, starting catcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's here. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. You're you're exactly right. That's really ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, come on in. Watch our bench. Watch our triple A guys. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, a guy who's making his going to make three plate appearances today. They're going to be the only plate appearances of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I guess the one game I'll be interested in is uh, Joe Musgrove and Tyler Skaggs mm-hmm. uh, try to get a better sets of both of them for next year. Yeah, I had that written down. If they are starting, they're they're moderately interesting for sure. Um, well, that should about do it for us for Friday, for the weekend, for the season. I want to say, uh, personally, thanks to Brad for joining me every Friday. Uh, I said this to Matt the other day, but making this commitment to doing a daily show is kind of nutty. But uh, I appreciate you joining me. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, thanks again to all the listeners for tuning in, everybody that tweets at us, everybody that follows along, blazing daily grinds and whatnot. Just the, the fun Rotographs community makes it a... Uh, makes it really cool to do a show like this. And I know Matt and I have had fun and speaking for Brad, it seems to have been having fun, but uh, it's been a good show. It's, it's two years. This is episode 250 over the last two years here at uh, Rotographs. And that's been good. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brad, you got anything before we get out of here? No, I hope you've all had a good year. Hope you've either made some money or won some leagues with our help and uh, look forward to seeing you again next year. Yeah. Brad is on Twitter at baseball, a team. I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. There'll be less DFS to tweet about, but uh, I'm sure we'll get to talk about Hot Stove. You can still tweet at us in the offseason. We're around. We're alive. We're not quite hibernating, <laughs> but uh, make sure to, to check in. 
Um, good luck with your picks on Friday. Good luck with your last couple weird days at DFS. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, have a good offseason. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.